0: You're listening to The Beauty Debut. I'm your host, Claudia Fabian. As someone who has spent over 25 years in the beauty industry as an esthetician, makeup artist, and in professional sales, I want to share what I've learned. Allow me to be your beauty avatar and give you a behind-the-scenes look at what it's really like to work in the world of beauty and follow me as I navigate how to age gracefully. And remember, it's never too late to make your debut. This podcast is about all things beauty inside and out. Tune in every week to hear my conversations with the amazing professionals who are working in all aspects of the beauty industry. Get the scoop on the latest trends and learn firsthand insider tips and tricks to help you look and feel your very best. I'm so happy to have you here here the beauty debut starts now Thessaly, thank you so much for being on the podcast today and i feel really honored to have you on as a guest and to hear all of your expertise and knowledge about something that is kind of coming back around on trend, which is Gua Sha. So I am excited to have this conversation with you. So welcome to the Beauty Debut podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. Excited um, to be here.
0: Yeah, well, I'm glad that you are. So let's let's kind of start really from the beginning um, before we jump into what Gua Sha is. I'd love to know, as you know, with all your extensive knowledge and experience you know, how did you get your start in beauty?
1: By accident. Um, <laughs> it was um, nothing I had actually um, set out or in, in, intended to um, end up doing. Um, but I always say I think fate led me uh, to where I was supposed to be. Uh, long story short. The, you know, my degree is in journalism and I really wanted to create training videos for corporations and do a, you know, write the scripts and and produce the videos. And, and in a way that's kind of, you know, I guess it's telling a product story, right? And I ended up working for a company, um, just as a way, you know, to make some money while I was, um, you know, trying to start this career, um, in my, uh, early twenties, um, right out of college. And um, I ended up working for a company really temporarily that ended up being, um, you know, eight years or I ended up working for them for eight years. But what happened is I kind of fell into a marketing position okay. and um, I had a lot of people calling me and asking me about this specific Piece of equipment that they were purchasing, and how to make money with it, and what to do with it, because it was very expensive, and nobody had any idea. And I guess you know maybe in a way that's kind of where my journalistic instincts kind of you know kind of took over, and I started researching um, all the different modalities of this machine, and um, you know what could be done with it. And they originally was kind of in the tanning industry, a little bit in the spa. You have to understand this is back in like 1994, Mm -hmm. so spa wasn't. You know, this is before the, the, the big insurgents of day spas and, and what we would think of it as, as now. But I started really just trying to create protocols and ideas for these people of how to make money with it and how to use it for their customers. And from that, um, it started out to be like a two, three page fax. Yes, that's how long ago it was. Um, <laughs> into like a 34 page fax that I would send these people. Um, and I just really got into it. And the more that I started to research search it, um, I started to see more benefits. So I went to my boss and I said, hey, have you ever thought about taking this and, you know, taking it into the spa industry? Because I think that, you know, there's a great opportunity here. So he said yes. And I went to my first trade show with it. And, you know, voila, that was it. 26 years later, I'm, I'm still in the industry. But I think really what got me started and, and maybe kind of that sparked that passion was creating protocols and writing, uh, I guess just being able to, to, to use that, um, the creativity to help people feel good. Right. So I was creating protocols for not only for businesses to make money, but for their clients to benefit. And that has really set the stage for what I do. And I'm still doing is, Creating protocols, telling stories about different cultures, sharing beauty treatments from around the world. I'm training people on those particular treatments, expanding upon them, um, providing with them with the support materials they need to be successful. And then probably what's the most exciting for me is that they share it with their clients, who are the ultimate beneficiaries. And so that's kind of it. It was just really by it was just by accident or fate, however you want to look at it.
0: Yeah, I think it is fate, you know, and I think, you know, your background in marketing and journalism and just that whole business acumen that you acquired probably just really set you up for success with what you were kind of destined to do.
1: I hope, I hope I'm on the right path. <laughs> um, you, you know, it it, it 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 feels right. You know, I used to always say, and this was when I was younger, I said, I never wanted to be in sales or skincare. And here I am. <laughs> um, So so when I say by accident, accident, you're
0: so good at it. So that's what's kind of funny. It
1: it just was, it was never, ever on my, you know, on my radar. And, you know, that's one thing that I tell people is follow your heart, follow your passion, because it might guide you in a completely different direction than your mind is Mm -hmm. taking you, right? And, and also the mishaps, right? Because the mishaps get us to where we're going as well.
0: Exactly. And then, you know, of course, we could fast forward a little bit. You started Beauty Secrets. So tell me when you founded that and how that kind of came to fruition. I mean, was that, you know, I guess maybe what inspired you to start that?
1: Um, Well, I started Beauty Secrets in 2001, and I actually started it. um, I used to um, travel throughout Asia training and, and doing a lot of workshops. And everywhere that I traveled to, I, you know, I, I would be teaching them how to use this equipment and, and, um, you know, all these different protocols and, and, you know, you name it. But at the same time I was learning from them and from different cultures. And I was experiencing different cultures. One thing that really stuck in my head is I would teach something and, you know, people would always say to me, Oh, we do that, but we do it this way. Or, Oh, we do that too, but we do it this way. And I realized that there's, there's a lot of ways to do the same thing. And really what I was being taught is that they did it in a different way because it was usually based um, on their culture and some connection with their culture, either the reason they didn't do something in particular or the reason that they did. Um, And so that really intrigued me. Plus I've just always had a a love for Asia. My oldest sister and brother are Korean Mm -hmm. and I, you know, I, they started our family. I'm the youngest. They're the oldest. And I grew up with them. And, and I think, you know, just having that kind of being in, immersed with them, um, I always kind of just had a love for it. But I, so anyway, I really just was intrigued by these the differences between, you know, even a, different Asian countries, right? Going from Korea to Japan, to Taiwan, to, you know, Indonesia, it, they they, it was all these um, similarities, but differences. And really, I was connected to the different cultures. So fast forward, I think it was, that was something that was kind of deep seated. But, you know, this goes back to kind of how I decided to start my own business was in, gosh, I don't even know what year, 1998, 1999. Okay. I, maybe it was gosh, even before. So when I was in college, I took this class called World Music. And it was way above my learning grade. It was for like music masters. And I was like, what am I doing in this class? Um, and I didn't understand a thing. Um, and we would, it was huge class, hundreds of people. And they would play these movies from different musical, uh music from around the world. And I remember, and when I say woke up, I literally woke up because I would fall asleep a lot because it was just way beyond my, <laughs> um, my IQ. Okay. Um and it was Java. It was this Indonesian, these jungles. And it was, and, and it was all about the Gamelan Orchestra. And I hooked line and sink. I mean, my heart just sunk. Um, and I told myself, I'm like, I don't know where that is, but I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there one day. And I had no idea where Java was. Um, so fast forward after traveling a lot through Asia, Indonesia was a country that I hadn't gone. And so, you know, ha- being able to to, to have, um, you know, a job now and some money and being able to travel there, I said, listen, I'm going to Indonesia. I'm just going to go because this has been a dream of mine. Little did I know that when I went there, it literally would change my life. I fell in love with the country as if it was a person. I just, it was my soulmate. And so I knew that no matter what I did from this point forward, I had to include this country and these people and this culture. So I came back and I quit my job and I didn't know if I was going to be selling beaded handbags or ceramics or, you know, continuing the spa business. Um, I just knew that it had to be connected to uh, Indonesia and that country and that culture. So again, as fate would have it, um, I went back, oh, over the course of the year and just literally shopped, just looking and looking and looking for, for, for what struck me, Um, just trying to follow my heart. And I came across a little teeny kiosk in this huge mall, like stories, big office buildings, like I can't even describe it in Jakarta. And this tiny little kiosk was this product line called Dewi Sri. And I said, that's it. That's what I want to do. (laughs) And I, I, it was, it was, it was really just body oils and lotions and some salt salts and, it was just something about the way they were packaged, something about there was this, this goddess on them. It's just everything about them. But I just, it just, that was it. I yeah. said, that's it. I'm done. That's what I want to do. Yeah. So I asked my friend if he could connect me with this company. Um, he said, yeah, sure. Well, what I didn't realize is it was one of the largest cosmetic beauty companies in all of Indonesia. It's like there was really two of them. It was like the, she, you know, she was like the Coca-Cola or the Estee Lauder, should I say. Yeah. The Estee Lauder of, of beauty. Uh-huh. Um, and it was this huge company and I was young and looked younger. And um, they just said, okay, I said, I want to bring this to the U.S. And I want to learn from you. And I, you know, I really, this, this is what I want to do. And they said, okay. And so I kept traveling there. Um, and it was actually, her name is Dr. Martha T. And she took me under her wing and she just really taught me. I shouldn't say just taught me. She welcomed me into um, her family, into um, sharing her culture, into treatments, and really her philosophy um, of wanting to maintain the traditions of these global thaw and beauty rituals. And she, she had her own mission because she wanted to do it for the younger generations because it was being lost, because a lot of the, you know, a lot of the women, and just like everywhere, is being very westernized, right? We love the things that are not from where we are, right? So, we're always looking, looking somewhere else. And so she, you know, she made it her life's mission to not only uncover them, discover them, teach them, you know, put them into writing and, and share them. And so she really opened that up to me. And so, you know, I, I owe her really, I owe her my career and kind of setting that foundation for me. And so I started there. Um, years later, I found out that they called me the girl that never went away. <laughs> um because they said it, yeah at first they said they were just placating me like okay sure yeah and they said you just come I said you just kept coming back for more and kept coming back for more and kept coming back for more and so we were like okay um and uh I did um and so that's really how I started this the, the business was um you know my whole and my whole goal from the beginning was to share what I was experiencing on my travels for people who were unable to travel on their own, um, to be able to bring, to share that culture and the spirit, um, the spirit of these countries is, is is just ingrained in the treatment. So, you know, you can learn like a, the ABC of a protocol, but then there's this something uh, deeper. And that's what really, really my, my goal is, is to create a deeper foundation for therapists in the U.S., where I could tell them the stories and I could try to get them to understand the histories and the spirit of what surrounds these global spa treatments. Because to me, that was actually the most important.
0: Yeah, I think that is important to kind of know why you're doing something and where it originates, Um, especially, you know, from other countries, just really trying to Give them all of your years of experience from what you experience there, and to pass on that level of knowledge, I think is is so beautiful.
1: Yeah, and you know, it's it's like we all want results,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? So, I mean, the, the, our industry is results driven. We need our customers want results. We want to give results. That's why we're doing this. There's the there's and then and then you know the other aspect is the relaxation component, the spiritual component, the mindfulness Mm -hmm. of these treatments, the, you know, the therapist. So what I would do is I would focus on the therapist and, and focus on how, you know, making sure that they were grounded and that they were being mindful and they were really paying attention to their body mechanics because Mm -hmm. the body mechanics weren't just about them. It was about how it feels to the person on the table, Mm -hmm. right? So if you change your body mechanics and your mindfulness, that your, your client's going to have this completely different experience. And so that to me was a big part um, of what I was trying to do, you know, with my business. And this is back in, I started in 2001, which wasn't a great year to move to New York city and start a business. Um, I did all of that, sold everything I own, moved to New York city right before 9-11. So, you know, right away I was hit with a lot of challenges, but it never changed my mission.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I you know I was really interested to kind of dive now into what um, we connected on initially when we decided to um, do this podcast, which was about Guasha. And you were really just kind of, you gave me a little tidbit of the history of Guasha, which I thought was so interesting. And I was hoping maybe you could share that with our listeners and maybe... Before we even do that, maybe, you know, explain what is Gua and then what is the history of it?
1: Yeah. So, you know, one thing that I, and I, I'm working, actually, I'm, I'm getting ready to, to put this on my website as well, because it's what I found I like to research. And one thing I think is, is, is really important um, when talking about Gua and, you know, the history and its origins is I like to look at it in different kind of within the scope of practice right so i divide it into really two groups um there's gua sha for the body okay. and then there's facial gua sha so we really need to distinguish because the histories are different
0: okay. the history
1: for the body is goes you know this this really is a part of you know we're going back down back to like you know I should i say like 475 the you know 221 bce and um ancient china so it really is this, this, this ancient healing therapy that was originally developed um, and used for, for the body. And then, you know, this whole scraping method was really a healing treatment. And then later, and much later, really, I mean, you're looking at um, the Song Dynasty, when anything resembling the practice of cosmetic scraping appeared. Okay, so that was um, like um, the form of rubbing um, jade to treat facial scars, and then kind of evolving up into and I'm going to jump way forward up into the late 1990s and 2000s, where there's kind of more of a um, modern or an adapted use of gua sha for facial treatments, cosmetology. Um, and so how I like to kind of talk about it is not generalized gua sha, because gua sha used for the body and gua sha used for the face are completely two different things Um, and they have two different histories and then there's also within the scope of practice so like wash off of the body you have to look at it as a TCM practice you know they use it as a diagnostic tool it's for let's say um, really trying to bring out uh, what we call sha or toxic wind in the body and then it's also has been adapted and used for physical therapy. And so that would be kind of in the context for the body. So kind of used as a TCM diagnostic tool, healing tool, um, also for physical therapy. And then for facial gua sha, we look at two different arenas. And I look at it as like a cosmetic treatment, facial massage, facial rejuvenation, um, kind of more as an aesthetic treatment, which mm-hmm. is what estheticians are doing. And then there's also different techniques used by acupuncturists and TCM practitioners for um, using facial mapping. And again, as a diagnostic tool, um, they focus on the meridians and the five elements, and they get a little bit more into the traditional um, Chinese medicine theory and specific techniques in using that. A lot of times it's combined with acupuncture Mm. um, and more acupressure points. So I think what most people are seeing is gua sha facial rejuvenation or facial massage that's been kind of adapted and kind of reborn Mm -hmm. into this more modern sense of gua sha so when we talk about the history it's a little convoluted and and it's in trying to simplify it um that's kind of what i'm i'm trying to do Mm um because it's constantly, you know, the development of gouache is constantly being um, reborn, developed, improved um, throughout its history. And so when, you know, all in all, in the beginning, guasha was really mainly a folk treatment. It was never meant for um, practitioners. Um, you know, it was really a folk remedy that people use informally and learned informally in their home.
0: Well, I know you and I talked a little bit about... You know, I had shared with you that I was so glad to kind of see this resurgence of going back to basics in aesthetics with a lot of massaging and using these types of tools because I think we've kind of gotten in the more recent years so far away from touch and from using traditional massage techniques to sculpt and help with anti-aging. We've really just relied on machines and it's kind of gone more of a medical way. And there's, you know, less and less touching, right? During a facial, it's all like modalities. And that was, you know, still, it's still a hot commodity, but it really kind of became to me like the forefront of all aesthetic treatments where I was so glad to see a lot of estheticians now, Really, kind of going back to a lot of this massage during their treatments, and you know, you and I kind of agreed on that—that you were happy to also see that kind of come back.
1: Yes. So to come back, so when it comes to me and 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 my history, well, I've been teaching facial massage since two thousand three, and that's actually a history that that I like to talk about because when we're really looking in the U.S. and what's happening, Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: we look at that, you mentioned like the medical. Mm-hmm. So I kind of take it by decade. So, you know, if you kind of look about how the, the beauty industry has evolved and we can talk aesthetics and, you know, even more specifically, but so back in 2003, um, I started, um, I had introduced and developed the Thai herbal poultice facial massage mm-hmm. and I began, I began teach I began teaching that. Um, so that was actually my first introduction. So I didn't actually start with, um, wash off. I started teaching facial massage back in 2003, and I just kind of found like I loved using um, facial mass—you know—I loved using it as a facial massage tool. Um, but I also found that it came very natural for me, and just kind of you know working around the the kind of natural geography of the face. And what happened is the more I worked, it took me about nearly two years to kind of perfect it and be able to replicate the techniques. So saying you know this particular movement with this particular pressure equals this benefit. And so, even now, what I'm doing with the gua sha stones is more of a of a, a a facial massage that came from my work with the Thai herbal poultice and these proven techniques that I had, you know that I was able to du- duplicate based on this formula of different techniques and different pressures. Mm-hmm. So. Um, when we talk about gua sha, I do something a little bit different because it, that's why I call it the gua sha facial fusion. Okay. Um, and it has foundations and stems from, has a lot of um, specific gua sha techniques because I also trained with Dr. Zong and I trained her protocol. I taught that for, I think it was a year and a half or almost two years. So we can get to that in a minute, but what you said was, actually, was absolutely correct. So back in 2003, 2004, let's just say up to 2000. I was going in to teach this Thai herbal poultice, you know, facial massage. And the first question I would ask is, how long is your facial massage? And the, the, the answer was always, well, it's 10 minutes. Well, we've taken it down to eight. Sometimes it's five. We really just use it as a filler. Um, maybe it's two or three minutes. It's just kind of in between. And at the time, I was trying to get people to do a 20 to 30 minute facial massage routine. Mm-hmm. which was an incredible task because I'm trying to take their two to three minutes, maximum 10 minute massage and add 20 minutes to it. Right. And everyone thought that was crazy. They're like, what? What am I doing 30 minutes? But to me, that's where the magic was happening. That's where we were getting all the movement in the skin. That's where we were working with the lymphatic system and, and relaxing the muscles and relaxing the client. And I just saw these incredible changes happening but it wasn't very popular other than just being a spa treatment. Right. Um, and a lot of spas did it. And this is kind of interesting because a lot of spas did it because they said, well, you know, when they're here at the resort, they don't want anything that's corrective. They don't want their skin to break out. They don't want, you know, they have their esthetician back home. They just want something that's relaxing. And we we get these crazy results through the massage and people will be so excited about it. Um, but during that time, you know, that's when all the machines came out. We had tons of microdermabrasion. Your lasers started coming out, right? So you have laser, and 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 so that the facial massage in those natural or the holistic esthetics kind of got pushed to the to the bottom because it was this insurgence. And in, I really think of 2000 to 2000, 2010 as being like the era of machines. Yes, and then. Right, so it was very difficult to be teaching and preaching facial massage when I'm up against laser and microdermabrasion and all this.
0: Mm -hmm. So
1: then we hit, and this is about we hit 2010 to 2020, and what do we have? We have all the injectables and Botox comes Mm -hmm. up, right? So again, we kind of it gets pushed to the back because now we have something that's supposedly even better and you know more immediate, and so. Between, the, between 2000 to 2020, where we're at right now, we really have gone from lasers and machines, not that they're not still used and prominent, and, you know, it is, it's just a different industry, um, part of our industry, mm-hmm. and then the Botox, and then what I really see now happening and, and why Gua Sha is so popular is because I really feel that we're in the decade of holistic aesthetics.
0: Mm -hmm. We
1: finally have greased our time. Yes. Um, I've been teaching facial massage for 17 years. And it's only in the last three years have people been like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And it took off. So for 15 years, nobody cared because it it was all, it was just lost. Also, it's popular because now we have Instagram and we have TikTok and we have Facebook. We have all these ways to showcase. I didn't have that back then Mm -hmm. right so now we can say oh my gosh look at this it looks amazing Um, so for me and I started teaching Gua say I started learning like really picked it up Sara from Thailand is how what it first came onto my radar that was in like 2015 Mm -hmm. so in the last five years it has just exploded and personally for me gua sha is what popularized facial massage yes but what people are doing as gua sha isn't necessarily a traditional form of gua sha and it's not it's in i would like to say it stems from it it's inspired by it contains some elements of what we would you would consider gua sha but it's really um, has morphed into something different. And I take, I, I do take a lot of, I have to say, in, you know, the word that comes to mind is blame. Um, because I, I, I took um, and I, I created a fusion. And although in my training classes, we are very specific on what is Gua Sha, what is lymphatic drainage, what is working with the connective tissue, what isn't Gua Sha, and, and I really go through the specific, that's not what people necessarily see, mm. right? Because what they see and what they hear is, wow, this is Gua Sha. Okay.
0: Um,
1: and, and so what I really want, and, and this is for your listeners, really what I want them to understand is a lot of what they see is facial massage using a Gua Sha stone. And most of it is a combination of techniques. Um, some of it's a misunderstanding. Um, some of it is made up. Not saying it's not effective, but if you really want to look at the history and be true to um, like a, a, a true Basha treatment, it's going to be a little different than, than what you're seeing. Does that make sense?
0: It makes sense. And so with what we kind of know Gua Sha as, and what we see on Instagram and what we, you know, maybe there's estheticians who've taken some classes on Gua Sha massage. What, you know, what your program, is it kind of what we know of Gua Sha? Or when estheticians take your program, are they getting more of a, a, maybe I'll use the word, a master approach of the technique?
1: Yeah, it's definitely a fusion. So um, based on, so it's, here's what's really important to me, is I, it's really important to me to honor the foundation of not only gua sha, but the other modalities, because okay. there are a lot of facial modalities, and they are all, there's so much depth and theory, and they support so many different systems um, that support our skin, mm-hmm. and and so I think it's really important. So, you know, what I'd like to say is, you know, w- what we've gotten into is an integrated approach. And I think that's probably what you're seeing is, um, and especially within the holistic world, we have this integrated approach because we we learn and we understand how the skin functions. And so, um, you know, a lot of ways that we work is very intuitive. It's very present. We're watching the skin change as we're working. And so, you know, for me, I never know exactly going into it. don't have a set protocol because every person is different every skin condition every every face and and the skin just reacts differently with each person so what I'm looking for is the changes that are happening how the skin is responding to the different massage techniques and then from there as I see like one movement will dictate the next which will dictate the next and dictates the next because the skin and the face and everything is just changing before my eyes so I think holistically we have this integrated approach and kind of to go back to your question the, the, the within the integrated approach what's important is that I say it's it's it's, it's okay if you fuse them but don't confuse them mm. right so what we're seeing is this most often a fusion. So one, one prime example is gua sha and lymphatic drainage. Gua sha is not lymphatic drainage. Gua sha has an effect on the lymph, the flow of lymph, and also it has an effect on the lymphatic system because of the movement and because we're increasing the blood circulation and how all of those interact. But gua sha is not lymphatic drainage. Now, you can do specific techniques using a gua sha stone that are specific to the movement of lymph or encouraging the flow of lymph or opening up the blockages. But in gua sha, they don't consider, they don't even look at lymph separately, right? So they look at qi, blood, and fluid. And lymph is part of the fluids. So when we talk about lymphatic drainage, that's actually a separate modality. But they go, they kind of go together like, you know, night and day, right? Because when we start to massage the skin and -hmm. we use different pressures and a light pressure will have an effect on the lymphatic Mm -hmm. fluid. So,
0: So would you recommend somebody then, a practitioner doing lymphatic massage and then finishing with Gua Sha or, you know... Do they combine those or do they you know first do one massage and then start using gua sha like really what would what would yield the best result then or does it or do you have a protocol for that
1: well that's that's actually our facial fusion protocol is the combination so what i would recommend is that you we talk about what gua sha is in its true sense and form and what truly is gua sha according to traditional chinese medicine and gua sha techniques, and, you know, what parts of it, and I, you know, I would say, like, this is a gua sha movement, this is based, you know, on gua sha, and then if I do another technique, which is effective in what we're trying to achieve for that particular client, I will note this is a manual lymphatic drainage technique. I'm still using the stone, but my technique has changed, my intention has changed, and really it has to do with, kind of, my formula is, it's all these varying techniques with a tool combined with different pressures to equal a specific benefit, and so it's about knowing what pressure and what technique is going to achieve the benefit that you want, and that's kind of where my program is a little bit different because it is a very mixed modality.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: within that, it's very important to know and learn them separately. So I will teach this fusion. But then I will give you resources where you can dive deeper into, you know, connective tissue um, facial massage. And I will give you, you know, we host a lot of other educators to, to dive deeper into each modality. And so when we talk about Gua Sha, and, and really if you look at a true Gua Sha um, treatment and it de- kind of depends on where it's coming from, it actually might be, you might go, wow, that's, that's just very simplified. Um, I have a woman I work with in China and she's like, oh, we just do two minutes on the face every day. We just, you know, basically scraping, you know, outward movements on the face two minutes a day. That's it. Now, if you take someone like Dr. Ping Zong and learn her protocol, which I taught for quite a while, we really focused on the meridian and the pressure point. So that was more deeply seated in TCM theory. Mm-hmm. And less, she doesn't, she doesn't even touch upon lymphatic drainage. Because that's not, that's actually not part of a traditional Gua Sha treatment. Now, whereas in my training, again, we go back kind of to looking at the history, right? And the scope of practice and where is it coming from? Is it Gua Sha for estheticians or is it Gua Sha with keeping in mind, um, you know, what you have to be careful is, are you a TCM practitioner and you can, when you start working with the meridians and the acupressure points, you know, is it, is it a diagnostic tool for you? Are you then going deeper into the body, which is now all of a sudden that's out of the scope of an esthetician? So you ha- you know in doing these you also have to remain in your scope of practice. So it yeah. really starts to you can see how it starts to get quite complicated.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean to master um, anything takes time and it takes really years of perfection and practice and implementing this in the treatment room to really, I think, you know, become what I would say a Gua Sha master. But you see so many of these amazing transformations on Instagram. And, you know, for the consumer that might be listening or just for someone that might be new to Gua Sha, you know, I know you said, you know, I alone can, you know, when I'm working on somebody, you can see that transformation in the face. What can people expect from a gua sha treatment? So if they go into a spa or they go see their esthetician, you know, for the consumer, why should they get gua sha? Like what are the benefits of it?
1: Well, the benefits are long. Um, So first and foremost, movement. I really believe in movement. You have to create movement in your skin's tissue, right? So that's movement of blood, that's the movement of lymph, that's the movement of chi, that's that energy. You're creating movement, which is important, right? Because if we don't have movement, what do we have? We have really death, right? So mm-hmm. whether it's death of a skin cell or if I'm no longer able to move as, a, as an entity, then I die. So what's really important is we have to keep the system moving, just like exercise. If you don't use, if you don't exercise and and walk and use your body, you get atrophy. And the skin can it can also have a, a type, you know, an atrophy. Um, and that's actually where we, we talk about injection. That's non-movement, right? So we're not getting the blood flow and within the blood flow is the nutrient. So you know the biggest thing is, you know, I always tell people I always tell people is if you're just starting out, just do some simple movements to create movement in the tissue of the skin, right? Just get some circulation going, get movement, also to release any tension. So a lot of a lot of using the, the stone in the tool, it's relaxing, and we're able to release tension in the neck. We're able to release tension in the jaw. And when that happens, the muscles relax right into their natural um, kind of geography, right their, their natural space. And when that happens, there's more more space is created for not only the flow of nutrients, the removal of waste. So I think one thing that's really important is that we want to wash. It helps remove any obstructions. So you, if you think of it as a dam, right? We have all these pathways in the face, and and if you have tension or any type of congestion or even even a um, you know the a uh, stagnation within your the lymphatic flow and, and you know fluids what happens is it starts to build up like you have a dam and once that starts to build up that's when you have a lot of skincare issues with by increasing the movement we start to restore that inner mobility right so the skin then is naturally able to clear all of these obstructions that lead to acne, rosacea, puffiness, dark circles, um, even sensitivity, right? So by just creating movement, it kind of awakens your skin,
0: mm-hmm. right?
1: So that your skin, the natural ability of it to hydrate itself, to um, cleanse and purify. You know, when people ask me about puffy eyes, I usually ask them if clench their jaw or if they have tension in their jaw. Because that is the dam in the river, right? That's where a lot of buildup is happening. And if we need that flow to go down, flow downward, and there's a blockage there through tension in our jaw, that's not able to happen. So of course we're going to have puffy eyes. They might have breakouts. If I ever work on a client with breakouts, I go immediately underneath to see what's happening. Is there tension? Is there? Do they have tension in their neck? Because those are all these blockages, right? It's like a funnel and and from the face it funnels through to the neck. So everything, the the neck is really the gateway to the face. And we have to have this healthy exchange of nutrients to and from the face, right? And so for people who ask me just something simple, sometimes I'll tell them get a get a a textured roller and just roll that. Okay, not a smooth roller, a textured roller, because a textured roller is gonna get a into a little bit deeper into tissue so that you can really call it tilling the soil so you can kind of till the soil and you can start to break up some of the adhesions and the stagnation and this blockages and this tension and just start there by relaxing your facial muscles
0: Mm
1: -hmm. just you know in some general movement then once you start to see that mobility you'll start to see things start to change redness in the cheeks usually sensitivity helps you start to get a glow um, and then you can add, then you can start adding some more um, advanced movements where you can, what I call focus areas and techniques to help with fine lines and wrinkles and specific movements for puffiness and specific movements for acne. And then you can get, then you can get more into the specifics, but just start by creating movement. And the tissue and
0: what about these different gua sha stones you know that can get confusing i think too there's so many different options there's you know different types of stones there's different shaped stones where would somebody start and you know w- what are the differences and you know how do you know which one to pick so
1: for me the it's all about the specific angle an edge of a tool, but this is going to be a complicated answer to something that should be simple. But for me, I'm very technique based. So when I look at a stone, I in my head I'm envisioning the technique that I would use on a particular area to achieve a particular benefit. So for me, the specific edges and angles of a stone are extremely important. The the stones that I designed and actually I just had my patents come through, I'm very excited about is every angle Has a purpose. So if I look at a particular stone, I want to look at how that's going to contour the face. You know, if I want to use it for deep lines and wrinkles, how would I use that? Is there an edge for that? Muscle tension? Do you know, if it's someone who's beginning, is it too complicated? Maybe I just need a more simple tool that just we have some that I just call their foolproof, right? No matter which way you use it, even if you do it wrong, you're still going to get results because it. It just fits and forms the face. You know, a a gemstone roller, a beauty roller, is kind of a a gateway to to Gua Sha as well. Sometimes people don't feel comfortable using a stone, but to just start with a roller, because again, we're going back to creating that inner mobility in the the skin. Mm -hmm. And so getting that circulation and and just just relaxing everything a little bit. So the, the design of the stone does matter. However, there's so many designs that do work, right? Like there's hundreds of tools out there that you can achieve a lot of similar benefits. And I think the most important is just knowing how to use them. So, you know, we teach self-care classes and we let people use a variety of stones. You don't have to have one of ours. You can use your own stone because for us, we're going to show you what edge and angle to use Um, And that's what's important is if you have a stone, find someone that can teach you how to use it. and 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 utilize it for for you know what you need and and just be careful where you get your information you always want to be gentle you always want to work slowly and you always want to work from the neck up to the forehead up to the crown
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um that's really important you don't just start on the eyes always start from the neck i call that the you know it's the stem if you want to you know if you look at your face as a flower and you want to make it bloom then you really have to have a healthy stem because that's that's the transportation network for um, you know the distribution of nutrients um, that gives you the healthy leaves and you know supports everything. So um, you know start really maintain care of your neck um, and you can use the, the the different tool and the different angles of it to do that. And that's a great place to start.
0: Now on your website for people that might be interested in taking classes and and or shopping on your website or um, and your website is also for the consumer right they can purchase stones
1: absolutely so we work with professionals and then we also work with people direct and I think probably you know what I like to recommend is because we work with so many professionals we like to refer you to some to work with someone locally I know right now you can't go in you can't get facials and you can't you know go and a lot of our professionals give group workshops or virtual virtual workshops on how to use your stone um based on our you know our self care protocols um but find someone will help you um connect with them so that you have someone other than just us that that can provide you with um skincare advice you know to go along with your facial massage um but yeah so so we work, we have two, we have our professional hands-on workshops, and then we also have a series of self-care tutorials that are online, they're virtual, so you can just register for one, mm-hmm. um, and we host them, um, we've been hosting them once or twice a month right now, because we have a lot of professionals that also host classes, and then, you know, teach you basic routines, so we, we've, we apply theory, so that you understand why you're doing a particular movement, and um, you know, kind of the why behind the movement is important instead of just kind of arbitrarily scraping your face.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and we focus a lot on pressure. So pressure is very important. A lot of people think that, you know, deeper is better when deeper is not actually better. Um, you know, we, as we're working with the Gua Sha stones, mm-hmm. you want to work with the skin and you want to do it in a way that the skin is going to respond in a positive way and we're always working to support the skin Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and the systems that support the skin and that comes back to all those alternative modalities right lymphatic drainage and increasing circulation and and the different pressures for working with deep lines and wrinkles. It's it's actually really quite fascinating. People think you're just scraping a stone on the skin, but it's way it's a lot more than that. When you start to look at the physiology and the specific movement that you're doing with the stone matters. Mm-hmm. And the direction matters, whether you're going upward strokes or downward strokes, you know? So there, there's a lot of little um, peculiarities to it.
0: Yeah. And so when you are going to see an esthetician for, um, and, and they're going to do Gua Sha, you know, are there different levels of, like, I don't want to say licensing, but certifications? I mean, should they have a certification or? do they not need that to perform guasha in a way that really transforms?
1: Um, They should have some type of training and you should ask about the training or certification and look into where they've, they've received it. Yes, absolutely. Like if you have a certification from YouTube, that's probably not going to be. (laughs) I don't, I, I don't, I don't teach our hands, a training um, professional. I don't teach that online. I won't teach it online. We Mm -hmm. only teach, Self care tutorials because that's that's actually how you're using it. We're teaching people to use it on themselves. Um, You can't teach someone to use it on themselves and say, "Oh, just transfer this to your client." Absolutely not. It doesn't work that way. It's there's what there's too much to it, and it doesn't. It's actually not. It's just it does it all a disservice. It's just not the right way to do it. So you want someone who's had hands on training because when working on yourself and working on your client is very different. You can, however, learn to work on yourself because that—that that is actually just mirroring, right? Mm-hmm. I'm moving on myself and I can guide you. So, but I would look at, you know, the practitioner, where they've received their training, um, if they have an understanding of gua sha, um, the different modalities. And then you had another part to your question I want to answer, what I got
0: no, I think I think you answered it, and I was going to just um, finish off by um, how long is your training program? So once you know we're past you know this pandemic and you can get back to your hands-on classes again in groups, um, if somebody wanted to attend your classes, is it a weekend? Is it several days? Is it a longer than that? You know what what does that entail?
1: Um, so our classes are three days. Um, and it also includes the Thai herbal poultice because again we do a fusion, so we do um, it's work with um, focusing on lymphatic drainage um, separately and specifically connected working with the connective tissue. Um, we also incorporate all of our different tools, so we show you how to um, use a variety of different tools with those techniques, the different you know pressures you would use them to create you know, whole host of benefits. Um, I know one thing that that I I do want to make sure that I mention, and this was part of your last question. When you see someone for Gua Sha, it's really part of a bigger system of traditional Chinese medicine, um, Eastern medicine. um, And what I would like to, to, to really encourage people is one thing that I love about Gua Sha is that it has brought attention to these holistic modality and it's holistic aesthetic is such an incredible uh, niche or part of, of, of you know um, the beauty industry and the spa industry and you know the education that these aestheticians go through in studying the skin and the function of it and it, it's absolutely incredible but really what what it's done is it's brought awareness to all of these other alternative therapies and so when you talk with your esthetician and you and you talk about Gua Sha also consider going to and asking them about an acupuncturist right because an your esthetician can give you a Gua Sha facial massage but then as part of that you can expand and you can go see an acupuncturist in facial acupuncture and cosmetic acupuncture and then you can take it much they can take it much further and deeper, and they can um, they could really incorporate a lot of like with the facial mapping and um, diagnosis and they can give you herbs and they can you know prescribe different herbal remedies and they can take it so much further mm-hmm. and so i I just want people to understand that I love the fact that Gua Sha has brought attention to facial massage because it took me. A really long time to get people to care about it yeah but also think of it as your first stop not your last right Mm -hmm. think of it as the gateway to you know maybe it's there's there's all kinds of different uh, facial reflexology and and um there's there's so many other alternative therapies but especially within the tcm um profession right these Mm -hmm. modalities but they should go Hand in hand.
0: Well, I'm so glad to, you know, have all this, like I was telling you on our initial call, have it all come back because as an esthetician myself, that was the part of the connection and the treatment that I loved the most was giving a massage. And, you know, I loved doing longer massages on the face. I would see tremendous results. You know, this was even before, you know, Gua Sha was really a trend, just using my hands, you know, just. Massage Mm -hmm. manipulating techniques, my clients would look firmer, more lifted, you know, a glow to their skin. And when this whole medical side of aesthetics became more popular, you know, of course I went that direction as well because, you know, we go with the trends and, you know, to keep up with the demand of, you know, what people are asking for. But in my heart, it didn't feel good. Like I didn't enjoy that part of it. I didn't enjoy all that medical side as much as I did the connecting and the massage. So for me, this is like a celebration because I'm seeing more and more estheticians embracing, you know, massage again, you know, now even with Washa and reflexology on the face. And it's, it's kind of like a rebirth. It's, it's very exciting. And I really hope to take some classes with you, Cecily. It sounds so phenomenal, and do you know have any idea when that might start happening again?
1: Oh, so we keep pushing it um, and you know we have it's I'm so blessed to have such an incredible demand, and it it's killing me that I can't be out there traveling and, and training. Um, we're hoping we're we're hoping that we can at least get through a few of the classes, maybe October, November. Um, it kind of looks like we're going to have to push them into 2021, but, um, you know, our three-day washout facial fusion program is is hands-on only. So all I can say is, you know, what we're watching, it, it's really dependent on two factors. One is we're waiting for people to be able to offer facials in their region, because we teach, you know, globally, so in their region, and also um, to lift travel restrictions. So we have travel r- restrictions in the U.S. and we also have travel restrictions for um, people from the U.S. traveling. So we have workshops set up in Europe as well, um, in the U.K. It just depends on that. So, you know, what I tell people is watch your area. Um, you, can, you can call, you can get put on a wait list. Um, and as facials start to open up, um, then we will start um, confirming dates right now everyone has been out of business and so we really want to respect the fact that we understand that we want to give you at least one to two months of focusing on your clients before we say oh here we are with a workshop because right. really right now people need to connect with their clients first and foremost
0: yeah absolutely Just, and
1: this has been build their businesses again
0: for all of us yeah yeah yeah
1: build your business again we're here and then you know, when, when you feel comfortable. Um, So we don't want to, we don't want to push it on that. Um, You know, in the meantime, we have our self-care um, tutorials and, you know, we keep quite busy with those. We did 40 days free right after COVID. So we trained over about 700 people um on facial massage and, and um, using the, the stones. What else was I going to say? Oh yeah. So, you know, with this, one thing that's I think when you, you know you're you're talking about seeing facial massage come back and and the differences with your hands and how much time you spent. I will tell you from 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 really going back from 2003 to 2020. I went from seeing people say, "Wow, 20 minutes, 30 minutes massage," to now people are saying, "I don't think 90 minutes is enough." Right. <laughs> and that's just with the massage portion, yeah. and that is incredible when you can go in and. 75 to 90 minutes of your facial is the majority of spent massaging it. And I think with that, it, it's, it, it's not a trend because people are seeing the differences that massage can make. Um, and I think that this really is going to be our decade of holistic skin care and looking at more natural therapies.
0: Well, I love it. I'm here for it. I think it's great. I am, you know, this is like one of the modalities that makes me want to get back into the treatment room and start working on clients again, because I've been so far removed from treatments because I've been on the vendor side for the last, you know, eight, nine years. Um, But it, you know, seeing all this resurgence of massage again, makes me want to go right back and start working on clients because I know the transformation that's, that's possible just with your hands. And then, you know, adding these other modalities of gua sha, and acupuncture or acupressure would be tremendous so it has been such a joy to pick your brain to hear how you got started very interesting on your journey and you know your passion definitely comes through i know you love what you do i could tell and i'm just excited to connect post-covid with you and hopefully get to attend one of your amazing classes so Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be on the podcast today. Thanks so much.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you liked this episode, I would be grateful if you would rate and review and be sure to subscribe so you can get notified when the next episode goes live. To learn more about makeup, skincare, self care, and my personal go to products, visit TheBeautyDebut.com. Do you want to continue today's conversation? You can find me on Instagram at TheBeautyDebut and on LinkedIn at Claudia Fabian.